Well, good morning, everyone, and we are so excited to be here with you, and this is a new season that we're in. Uh, I, I want you to put in the chat box, if you would, that it is now springtime, and I just want you to know that as we enter into spring, I trust that you're expecting God to do something powerful in this season. You know, as we enter into this, this day, the Lord says that, you know, this is the day that he's made. We should rejoice and we should be glad in it. It is important to understand as we worship God together, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and we enter into his courts of praise. And we're supposed to be thankful to him and bless his name. And so today, put something in the chat box, thanking God, praising him for the day, praising him for the new season. And it's springtime. I'm so happy it's springtime. Get ready to put the wool away. Get ready to get ready outside and just do activities outside. Um, I've been walking, and, and it's wonderful just to enjoy, enjoy the sunshine. So I trust that you're enjoying the season. Uh, I have a word to share with you, and I want to bring your attention to a very familiar passage of Scripture found in Matthew 25, verses 14 to verse 30. So if you have our app, you can go to the app. If you have a Bible, you can look at the Bible. If you don't have anything, just say, I don't have it, either one. You can actually look on the screen because we're going to share a word with you. So as we go to the word today, I want to share a parable with you. Um, we've been talking about parables because they're actually stories. And what I call them, that they are parables with a punch or stories with a punchline. You know, when Jesus told a story, he didn't just tell a story just to tell the story. He told the story because it was important truth. And do you know that when we tell these parables, there are important truths about the kingdom of God. And because we're focusing around the topic or the theme for this year as kingdom living, we want to make the kingdom number one in 2021. I, I trust that you want to make God's kingdom number one. And not only in 2021, but you want to make the kingdom of God central to your life. And so we're going to be talking about things that we can really relate to, that Jesus talks about here from his truth, that we can apply to our lives. Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30, I trust that you have it. And it reads this way from the New Living Translation. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave them bags of silver to one. He gave, he gave five bags of silver to one. He gave two bags of silver to another and one of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole and in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, say after a long time, after a long time, we don't know how long, but after a long time, their master returned from his trip, and he called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he entrusted the five bags came forward, and five, he said, five, five more, he, and he said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I've earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount 
So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you did not plant and gathered crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I had harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But those who do nothing, even what little, with what little they have, will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want to share in the title of my message today, it's time to invest. You can put that in the chat box. It's time to invest. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the word that we are going to speak and minister today. Thank you for guiding our hearts to your truth. Change us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, when I say these words, it's time to invest, immediately your mind might be going, okay, he's going to talk about money. He's just going to talk about money. But Jesus is not simply talking about money. He's using money to explain a valuable story that we need to understand and a truth that we need to understand that investment is more than money. Can you put that in the chat box? Investment is more than money. Uh, you, you see... When it comes to investing, we are called as believers to make a deposit, an investment of what God has given to us. We are to invest everything that he has deposited in our lives. In fact, he gave us our life, and we should be willing and understand that we are to make an investment. And so Jesus talks about this understanding of what it means to be in the kingdom and how to live out the kingdom purpose and how that we are to have a, a kingdom lifestyle is that we are to be investors. And so he uses this backdrop here, a story of servants getting resources that they didn't earn, but he gave it to them and he expected them to make an investment. So what does it mean to invest? What does it mean to invest? Well, it means that we, when it comes to investment, investing is an act of allocating resources, usually money, with an expectation of generating an income or a profit. What, what do you mean? Well, when we invest, it's usually for long-term purposes. When we invest, there's an expectation that when we have invested 
And when an investor invests, whether it's funds or a farmer invests time in seeds planting their crops, they're expecting a profit. I don't mean a profit that breaches. I mean a profit, P-R-O-F-I-T. Many times we talk about profits, and that's wonderful that we want a word. But, you know, it's nice to get a word, but then God wants fruit. He wants us to have a profit to our investment, and he wants a profit to his investment. And so when it comes to this passage, it's important to know that God expects us to be profitable. Can you put that in the chat box? God expects us to be profitable. God wants you to be a profitable servant, not a wasteful servant. He wants you to be one who actually takes what he has put into your life. And he wants you to invest that through your work so that it can become profitable. And so today, I want you to understand that as we unpack this truth, this parable, we want to see how the Lord rewards investment and also how he deals with those who are wasting what he has given. There's something that I want you to see here, and I just want you to know that it's important that you know these, these, these three things. It says there, there, there are three things that you can do with your life. Three things that you can do with your life. Uh, you can waste your life. You can spend your life. Or you can invest your life. You can waste it. You can spend it. Or you can invest it. Um, you know, when it comes to your life, what are you doing now? Are you investing your life? Are you just spending your life? Or are you even wasting your life? You know, there's a lot of folks that don't really understand that what they're engaged in is not really going to cause them to invest. With a return, they're going to actually waste their life. They're actually wasting their time and wasting their money and wasting away precious things only to have loss and no profit. I don't want to be a person that's going to waste my life. I, I, I know you don't either. And I don't want to really spend it either. I want to invest it. I want my life to, to count for something. You, you heard that before. You want your life to count for something. That means you want to invest it so it will have a return. And the key point is that good and faithful servants are profitable because they invest what they've been given for the kingdom. That's the key point of this, this, this text. And so as we unpack this text right now, um, I want you to see several things from this to how we are going to invest our lives and how he instructs us to invest our lives rather than wasting it. So we first come across this in the story that the master, he has three servants. And three servants, and he probably had more, but three are actually highlighted in the story. This master has, is quite wealthy. He's, he has quite a lot of money. We don't know where he got it, but he's quite wealthy. And the Bible says that he gave one servant five bags of silver. If you read King James, it calls it talents. He gave another servant two bags of silver. And he gave one servant one bag of silver. Now, now I want you to note that 
in verse 15 that there's something that the master knew about his servants. He, he knew that they had different capabilities, different capacities, different ability to, to actually put to use what he left them. Uh, one, might, one might look at it and say, you know, the master should have gave them all five. I mean, he should have gave them all five. I think it's, it's important to understand that he should have gave them all five. But he didn't give them all five. He said, I'm only going to give you what you can handle. And, you know, we only talk about this when we look at God and we say, God, you only can give me what I can bear. You're a God that only gives me what I can handle. And we talk about that in relationship to problems. But you know what? God not only gives you what you can handle as it relates to your temptations, your problems, and your troubles, he'll give you what you can handle as it relates to his abundance, his riches, his wealth, his, his blessing. God is a God who is so wise that he's not going to give me any more than I can handle. So you can pray about more if you want to. You can, you can ask him for more if you want to. But you, you parents know that if, if your child asks you for something, you have to evaluate whether they're ready to receive it or not. You know, you wouldn't let a five-year-old drive a car or a 10-year-old drive a car, or you shouldn't let them drive because you understand that to operate a vehicle like that or a 2,000-pound vehicle will take some maturity, it takes some capability, it takes some ability to understand how to operate it. And so there's some things that God is too wise to let me have even though I ask for it. He wants me to show that I can handle it because he doesn't want it to be wasted. So he gave the, the so, so here it is. The, the other thing is that you want to know is that th these were, these were talents and these bags of goals. It, it was nothing uh, what I call skimpy or he wasn't cheap. See, back in those days, just to give you an understanding, back in those days, the average wage of one day's work was one silver denarius. Um, it can, and one denarius um, it, it was, was a day's wage. So when you look at talents in, in proportion or in relationship to a denarius, that a talent was 6,000 denarii. It was 6,000 denarii. So if you had one talent, you had 6,000 denarii, which, which means that he had actually 16 years, one talent, 16 years of wages. So imagine if your employer, you walk into your employer and the employer says, you know what, I am going to give you an advance on your salary. And you say, wow, that's pretty good. Well, an advance on my salary, oh, boy, it's, it, it'll be wonderful to get an advance on my salary, wouldn't it? You probably might expect, well, maybe it's a month advance or maybe a week advance. But imagine they said, you know what, I'm going to give you at least 16 years. That's just one talent. 16 years advance. So imagine the one that had five. How many years of advancement and investment did the master give them? And I want you to know that your God is not cheap. Put it in the chat box. God's not cheap. God is not cheap. He's generous. I mean, the master was just, anybody who gave me, if they would give me 16 years 
I mean, 16 years of wages, I would call them very generous. And you know what? There is no reason why anyone should feel that God is cheap, that he cheats them, that he withholds from them. God is a God who doesn't withhold from us. He generously gives us all things. And so every one of us, and here's a key point, every one of us has something. And there's no need for us to be jealous. There's no need for us to compete. There's no need for us to envy. And there's no need to be a hater. There's no need to be a hater. Put in chat. Stop hating. Don't just stop hating. You, you don't have to be a hater because every one of us has something that God has generously given you to invest. Now, the man with the five talents and the servant with the five talents, I mean, the Bible tells us that he went right to work to invest. He wasted no time at all. The master, the master left, for, left the, the, the talents to him, and he took what he had, and he put it to work. The second servant, he had two, and he went out and did the same thing. He went out and put it to work. And do you know, if you're going to have your investment turn into a profit, you got to put your stuff to work. So somebody say, put it to work, put it to work. Um, you know, it, it makes no sense for me to be envy of somebody else's profits, and I haven't done any work. Uh, it makes no sense for me to be envious and, and, and wanting and coveting somebody else's success and I haven't done any work. They went out and put their hand to the plow. I don't know what investments they made, but the Bible tells us, they said, look, they put it to work. They put it to work. And they went out there, and they put that investment to the point where it yielded back a hundredfold of what they invested. So the man had five when he invested it, and it turned out another five, so he had ten. The man that had two, he went out, went out to work, and he invested, and it turned out to be two more, so he had four. And so it comes to this understanding here that when we are called as kingdom children and we understand how much God has invested in us, how much he has been generous to us and given us all things, we got to go to work we got to put that investment in something that's going to yield a return. And so today, are you using your talents? Your talent may be singing. Your talent may be writing. Your talent may be cooking. Your talent may be doing something that, is, uh, uh, that God has blessed you with to bless others. And the question is, are you putting it to work, or has COVID put you in the rocking chair? You don't want COVID to keep you in the rocking chair or the easy chair or in the bed sleeping. You want to get up and rise up and begin to use what God has called you to be and do what he's called you to be and do what he's called you to do and, and be what he's called you to be and, and give what he's called you to give because he's the one who gave it to you. Everything we have, we've been given. We've been given our breath. We've been given food. We've been given the ability to work. He gives us the ability to think and process 
He's the one that gives us all these good things, and we need to invest it and not waste it. And so the, the, these servants, as they invested, they yielded back a return. And notice what happens. When the master comes back to them, he says, you know, I see what you've done. And they presented, they presented what they gave because you have to give an account for that. You have to give an account. Uh, put in chat box, remember this. You have to give an account for what God has given to you. He came back after a long season. I don't know how long it was, but it was, it was, a, it was a time frame by which it was declared long. But nonetheless, they had to be accountable for what he gave them. And when he returned, said, hey, what did you do with my money? What did you do with the gold? What did you do with the silver? What did you do with the talents? What did you do with it? They said, look, we invested. We, and look what happened. We, we got five, I got five back, and he was commended. The Lord said, great. That's wonderful. You are a good and faithful servant. The one that had two, he brought back and says, look, I got two more. He said, that's awesome. You're a good and faithful servant. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. And not only did they, did they celebrate together, but here's the point. You can expect more when you've done well with what you have. If, if you haven't done well with what you have, why in the world would God want to, desire to give you more? He wants to give you what you can handle. But guess what? If you prove that you can handle what you have, he is more willing to give you more. So you can expect more. And, you know, it just comes with the territory. Uh, if, if you do well with that talent, I trust God is going to give you more. If you do well on that job, God is going to give you more. And, you know, stop shying away from more responsibility. It's the reward for good investment. You know, it's, it's amazing that we shy away from increased responsibility, increased opportunity. So, you know, you know uh, that's too much work. I, I don't really want to be given all that time. You've got to have work-life balance, right? Well, here in the story, it says, you know, when we have been deemed good and faithful, the result is not just celebration, it is also more responsibility. Because God is increasing you. See, what God is doing is he's increasing you. And often we see it as, God, you're punishing me. And God said, no, I'm increasing you. I'm increasing you because as you're using what I gave you, the reward is not just to be happy, the reward is that you have more that you can use. And this text says it's more responsibility. Can you put in the chat box, God is going to give you more responsibility? It just comes with the territory. There's more responsibility as a reward for doing well with what you have. But of course, there's one servant, and he has one talent, one bag of gold, one bag of silver, one bag of, of investment from the, from the master. He doesn't go out to work it. He takes his and buries his in the hole. 
And as he buries it in the hole, he says, you know, at least I didn't lose it. I commend him for not losing it. But when the master came back and, and said to this servant, what, what did you do with this one talent? You saw the guy with five. You saw the guy with two. What, what's yours? Surely, you, you, you know, this, this should be easy. He said, I buried, I buried it. I buried it. And um, I, I didn't want anybody to steal it, so I buried it. So here's what he says that's very interesting. He says in verse 24, then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. And verse 25 says, I was afraid. I was afraid. I was afraid. Do you know fear can keep you from making an investment? You know why? Because fear is risky. Fear, 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 fear feels the risk. You know, investment is a risky thing. Because your mind might go, well, I don't know really what's going to happen, and, and I'd rather just stay on the, on the shoreline, and I don't want to risk anything. But you know what? You cannot invest if you never risk. You never, you'll never have a life that is profitable unless you get out there and allow yourself to feel what I call a little bit of uncertainty. You got to get out the comfort zone. See, to bury it, he liked the comfort zone. He knew, you know what, I put it there and it's not going to move. I want you to put in the chat box right now, it's time to get out of the comfort zone. You've been comfortable for a while, haven't you? In fact, COVID can make you comfortable. Comfortable at home, comfortable in the chair, comfortable going downstairs, comfortable just kind of in your surrounding. And now God is putting a demand on you to say, you know, you're comfortable, but now I'm bringing you into a place where now you have to invest. And this is the time to make that investment because God's calling you to be a profitable servant. He's calling you to be a good and faithful servant. But he buried his. He said, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I was afraid I'm going to lose it. I'm afraid I'm going to lose it. So here's your money back. And, the, and the, the master said, well, thank you for the money back, but that's not the purpose. I didn't just want my money back. I wanted my money invested, and I wanted you to be profitable. And you'll notice what he says here. He says, the master replies to him in verse 26, he says, you're wicked and you're a lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant and gather crops, I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least you could have gotten some interest. And he's telling them, you know something? You, you, you actually did absolutely nothing. Because at the very least, you should have took it to the bank. The bank would at least give you some interest on it. But you absolutely did nothing. And notice what he says to him. He says, because you did nothing, I want you to take the money from that servant and give it to the one who has 10. Wow. 
So the, so the man who has 10, he gets more responsibility, plus he gets the one that this guy didn't use. Do you realize that somebody can get your stuff if you don't use it? Do you, do you realize that somebody will get your job if you don't want it and don't work it? Do you realize that someone is capable of stepping into a place that you should have been in, but because you were too afraid, you buried it, you didn't do anything, you forfeited your opportunity. And so here it is. He says, take that and give it to the man that has 10. In verse 29, he says, those who use well what they have been given, even more will be given to them, and they will have not a little, but an abundance, an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. In the verse 30 says, throw that useless servant. He's, use, he's, he's rendered useless, and he's put in a place of outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? Sometimes I, 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 when I look at this, this, this word, I say, look, why is this such a harsh pen, penalty that, wasn't, that was given to the servant? I mean, could you just, just take it away from him and give it to somebody else? I think that's punishment enough, but you had to take the guy and you had to throw him in darkness and with his weeping and gnashing of teeth. I think that's kind of severe, don't you think? Well, Jesus is getting a point where it says, you know, I want you to see <laughs> the importance and the seriousness of using what he gave you and be profitable. It's nothing to what I call dismiss, ignore. And here's what happened. Why didn't this guy do it? Well, he was afraid. He said that. But here's, here's another reason. He had the wrong perspective of the master. He said, I knew you were a harsh master. I knew you were one that was really harsh. What in the story would tell you that he was harsh? I mean, if he gave all of these servants advancement and gave them all opportunity, what does he mean by harsh? He said you were harsh. He had a wrong perspective. You know what people unfortunately have? They have a wrong perspective of God. They have a wrong perspective of gifts. They have a wrong perspective of themselves. And therefore, they behave out of what they see. Do you know that it's important that you see right in order to be right? What I mean by that is, if you have the wrong perspective on life, how in the world are you going to take advantage of the opportunities because you can always start seeing the glasses half full. You can always see it as a negative. Well, Bishop, you don't know where I came from and you don't know what I have to go through. You don't know the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the obstacles that I had to climb to get where I am. And you're right. But God gave you something 
a gift, a talent, an ability, and he knows what you're capable of doing. So you can make all the excuses that you want about fear, and you can make all the excuses about how busy you are, and make all the excuses about what's going on in your life, but God says, I gave you a talent because I know you have the ability to make good. You see? Every one of us has to be accountable for what God has given to us. I can't be accountable for your giftings, how you use them, or how you don't use them. And the sad story is, is that often we look at ourselves and our enemy has, has confused us. And we have bought into the lie of, you know what, I don't have what they have and I, don't, I can't do what they can do and I can't, I can't cook like they can cook and I can't bake like they can bake and I can't serve like they serve. I, I can't pray like they pray. So you do nothing? You wasted the investment. And God is calling us to a place where it's time for us to invest. It's time to us to get reinvested. Reinvested in prayer. Reinvested in committed to the kingdom purpose. Reinvested in evangelism. Reinvested in using our gifts. And so it's time to take that risk. Because here's what's going to happen. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. But if you invest it, it will multiply, it will increase, it will grow, it will develop. And when the master comes, because he's coming ready or not, you'll be able to say, look, master, I, I, I took what you gave me. I took what you gave me and I used it. And look what happened. It multiplied. And he'll say, great. You're a good and faithful servant. Now let's go out and let's have a celebration. And not only have a celebration, but guess what? I'm going to award you with more. I believe that God wants you to have more. But you can't have more until you invest. And so I'm going to pray right now that as you're sitting, as you're listening to this word this morning, this afternoon, wherever you are listening to this word, that something was said to you about the investment of God in your life. Jesus, when he died, he gave everything for us. He spared no expense. But how are you using it? God has given you spiritual gifts. How are you using it? He's given you talents. How are you using it? Perhaps you need to come into this moment and really do an assessment evaluation. And for some of you, you need to get to work. You need to stop looking at your gifts and start saying, I can do this and do that and do nothing. This is time to get off the couch, get out the chair, get out the bed, get out the house, and start using what God has called you to use. So I'm going to pray for you because it's time to invest. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity that we have to Share this word. Thank you, Lord, that this parable shares with us the importance of investing our lives, investing our talents, investing our abilities. Lord, I, I pray that we will just repent. We will turn away from our slothfulness, from our laziness, from our excuses of why we are not doing 
with what you have given to us and investing it in the lives of others. We pray, Lord, that even now, God, that you would stir our hearts so that we can bring forth much fruit, bring forth profitable results for the kingdom. We ask you to be glorified in all we do. And Father, for those that are faithful, we thank you for doing that, and we thank you, Lord, for giving them more. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you're watching us today, just want to just let you know we're so glad that you're here. If you do not know Christ as your Savior, we want to lead you in a brief prayer. And uh, just say these words with me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I thank you today because you died for me, you were buried, but you rose again. Forgive me of my sins. Be my Lord. Help me to follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you can text SAVED to 833-300-0670. Or if you need prayer, you can text PRAYER as well to 833-300-0670. And we'll be here to pray with you and to pray for you. God bless you. Thank you so much.